0: Back everybody to nothing but bull podcast. I'm your host Derek, and I'm here with my main man Justin. Justin, what's going on?
1: Nothing much. What's going on with you? I I I'm
0: just ecstatic about yesterday.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! Like words cannot describe the excitement that I have going on right now with the Chicago bulls moves. Like I just, I, I can't get over it. I can't get the, like I don't understand how we were able to get rid of Porter and Carter for an all-star. Um, I don't know how the Celtics and the wizards wound up paying us money to take our players. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of trickery that, uh, uh Arturas has like if he's working with the occult I don't know but <laughs> um at this point I'm all for it <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys Nikola Vukovic <laughs> and we got him <laughs> yeah see that's the thing um that's really surprising about this trade and I will go out, out on the line and say that I was someone who did suggest That the Bulls make a trade for um, Andre Drummond, not because I'm a big fan of Andre Drummond, but you know there was there was absolutely no signs that the Magic were going to be getting rid of their All Star caliber center. Like no one understood that, and you know it, it it was so surprising that many GMs came out and said they did not know that he was available, like no clue. No clue what was going on. I knew Drummond was sitting out there waiting for a buyout or waiting to be traded. Everybody knew that he was available. But as far as Vucevic goes, no one knew he was available until like the last minute. Like the the Celtics came up and they were like, uh, they were trying to make a big push for him. But somehow the Celtics didn't have anybody on their roster that was the caliber of Wendell Carter. (laughs) Which is just just amazing to me. They had draft picks to move, but they didn't have anybody who has, like, the future um, capabilities of Wendell Carter Jr., which just floored me. That (laughs) they had no one that they could offer up that was on his level. So that that was just quite amazing to me. I mean,
0: I, I, I... I had read a report like before when you started doing the drumming talk that the Magic were going to blow it up and they would, the Bukovic would be available for the right price. I didn't think it would be Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. would be the right price along with a, a couple first round picks.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, um... One man's trash is another one's treasure. I guess that's all I can say about that. <laughs> like, I mean, do you, do you understand? Like, like I, I'm, like I want the Bulls fans to really cement this inside of their head, that someone found upside in <laughs> Wendell Carter. <laughs> upside, like someone was looking at him and saying, "Hey, I can turn this into something." Now, I don't. Wish anybody well. I hope Wendell does improve as a player. Um, he has shown that he does. You know, he is a capable player in the league. Not necessarily a starter, but he's more than capable. But you know, upside to Wendell. I understand. Like with with Gafford um, getting picked up by the Wizards, I thought that that was good for them, just to get some more athleticism on that team. And I think. Actually, if Gafford can ever develop, you know, like some type of outside shot or some type of go-to move, he could be more than a productive player in this league, because uh, he has the athleticism to be a shot blocker. He has the athleticism to catch lobs. So, you know, I, I have nothing to say as far as Gafford moving. I don't understand the Celtics going after Cornet. Like, say, hey. Can you throw Cornette in the deal for us please? <laughs> like <laughs> who for a guy who is already a productive center like uh Theus or Thea, The like I'm I'm sure that's how he, he pronounces his name but you know I, I can't see giving up having a productive player like that and getting rid of him for Cornette. I know understand that they were trying to get below the uh the luxury tax. The luxury tax but still like that <sighs> I don't, I don't know how the Bulls, like, again, pulled that off. That's some, some crazy, like, voodoo <laughs> that, that, that is being performed there. You know what's, the, like, one of the craziest parts about
0: this? Daniel Theus was the Celtics' starting center. Yeah. And we got him as our backup center. Yes. <laughs> for Lou Cornette.
1: And, again, they paid us.
0: And And Mo Wagner. And, the, yeah, they paid us. We we automatically flipped Mo Wagner just out of here with Luke Horneet and got Daniel Theus and Javante Green. Like I don't
1: like it. It also needs to like it doesn't go. Like it shouldn't go unstated that this is like a glowing indictment for the previous franchise uh, or front office, I should say. Like. They got rid of five guys who were either starters or guys who were looked at as being, you know, a legitimate part of the core for this team. At some point, they were looked at as being a legitimate core. And the Bulls got rid of five of those guys in half of a year. (laughs) Guys who didn't have any value from anybody well i shouldn't say that because again orlando valued wendell carter but yeah like could you imagine this front office like pulling off some type of trade like this like not only winning in the trade but landing an all-star you mean garbex yeah absolutely not yeah we would have taken on like Really like bad players, uh, um, <laughs> meant to shit some money, or you know, maybe maybe you, you would have seen some trades for some second round draft picks or something like that. There is no way Gar packs is able to pull off this type of movement in such a short amount of time, too. None whatsoever. I mean, we wouldn't have got
0: Vukovic, um, you probably would have only seen the Whoops was the initial trade? It was Chandler and uh Gafford.
1: For was it Mo Wagner and Um, I think it was Tony was it Tony Brown?
0: Yeah, Tony uh, Troy Brown. Troy, Troy Brown, James. yeah.
1: Okay, Troy Brown. That
0: that would have been the only trade that they would have came up with and we would have gave the Wizards two draft picks and cash.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that sums it up right there. Like legitimate moves that the front office this year has made to not I mean, this doesn't make the Bulls title contenders, but it does make them a more dangerous team and a team that is looking to get into the playoffs. And I like the mentality that this front office is instituting with the guys that they have in that locker room. Like it's, it's no longer a, you know, um, well, we, we didn't come prepared or, you know, guys are still up in here developing or, you know, well, I'm hurt. So I'm going to be out like three, four, five, six weeks. Like they have totally changed the, the, what I want to say is like a soft mindedness that kind of surrounded the bulls. And now they have a bunch of rugged veteran professionals who are going to go about their business and who know how to play. Yes.
0: And you know, the Bulls, Bulls Nations, I've seen a lot of bit about, um, you know, us giving up those first round draft picks. um, We gave up. The 2021 first round and the 2023 first round both are top four protected. You're you're not going to get an all star caliber player past, let's say, the top five picks, and no. it is and and that's why it's top four protected because we're probably definitely not picking in the top four this year or in 2023 now that we have two all-stars on this team and a front office that actually will go out and be aggressive and try to make this team better
1: yeah like I think like Stephen, like there was a clip of Stephen A. Smith who I rarely agree with <laughs> but Uh, He he made a valid point. It was it was like a clip from years ago uh, when the Lakers um, gave up like Kobe or not Kobe, but Kwame Brown and like a bunch of draft picks in order to acquire uh, Paul Gasol. And there was a guy in there who was questioning whether or not they gave up too much. And, you know, aside from the antics that Stephen A was, you know, displaying He came in there and he was like, look, if you are a team that is planning on contending, the draft picks don't matter because if you're getting a quality guy and you don't plan on being in the lottery, um, what else are are you going to be doing? Like, You want to acquire very good players who are going to help you, help push you into the playoffs and hopefully get you over the hump of whatever you might find in the playoffs. I think that that is the mentality of what um, what Karnasovas is, is, de- is trying to get across to his team right now. He doesn't want to be in the lottery. There's no reason why this team should continually be in the lottery. They need to take an aggressive step forward, make a push to get into the playoffs, and actually make some noise in the playoffs. And with this type of trade that they pulled off, uh, again, I don't know how they did it. But, um, yeah, this is – it's putting faith in Zach Levine. It's building around him and saying, hey, look, we're going to make these moves. Now it's on the players to actually do what they need to do. Uh, I think that this year it was was kind of a weird year because Donovan was trying to figure out just what kind of guys does he have on the roster. Are there young players who – we're in a bad position with a terrible coach who are ready to make a development in or in a jump in their a development or are they players who the bulls never should have had any dealings with in the first place because they don't have that dog in them now he's pretty much he's gotten rid of the the excess weight of this team that i want to say like we don't have to worry about if any of these players that they're bringing in are stuck in their head. And I hate to keep going back to Carter, but like I think that that was a lot of his limitations that he was here. He was just stuck in his head. Except for his first year when he came out, I think that he played with a lot more freedom. I think that he was more aggressive in his first year, but something happened in that second and third year. Um, Aside from boiling, like, <laughs> you know, like I said, special pops early. And if you're a good to great player, those guys can overcome a coach who's on their staff. Um, I look at a lot of these guys like right now, the young guys who are in the league. And I'm like, OK, maybe you're not like vibing with the head coach that you have right now. But there are so many great players who have played in this league that you could be reaching out to to help take your game to the next level. Zach was able to progress even with Boylan as a coach. Other guys showed some progression even with Boylan as a coach. So it really was on those players or is on those players to reach out and put in the work and do what it is that you need to do. There's no reason that you can tell me that Boylan was a reason that Carter didn't develop an outside shot.
0: Oh, no, he just can't shoot.
1: Yeah, he can't shoot. <laughs> he
0: can't He can't shoot from outside.
1: Yeah. There's no reason why you could tell me that Boylan is a reason for um, Carter not being aggressive game to game to game. Even with Laurie, there's no reason you can tell me that Laurie is accepting the role of just being a three-point shooter. Even with him going to the basket and being more aggressive this year, he still falls in love with that three-point line for whatever reason. So, you know, it's up to these guys to make sure that they're putting in the extra work that they need to be putting in and reaching out to other players. A lot of those great players uh, from years past, even guys who recently have retired, those guys are open they're always willing to talk about their game. They're always willing to help younger players. It's just a matter of them taking that extra step and actually reaching out. So, you know, I have to question a lot of those guys who are moved, what kind of thing for you doing in order to make yourself a better player other than relying on the coaches that you had um, with the previous front office? So, you know, we don't have to question that anymore. Now Donovan actually has some guys in there. Who are professional and are gonna do the things that they need need to do to win. So, yeah, uh, I,
0: you know, I, I understand that. That's kind of what the magic. I think were – why they see upside in Wendell, they're thinking, you know, he he's only twenty one, and maybe you know he just needs a change of scenery. So, you know, I, I'm glad they thought that way because we got Nick Vukovic. Yeah. All it takes is one person. <laughs> and I I seen this stat and it, it just makes me even more happier about this trade that there's four players in this year averaging twenty-four plus points and forty plus three-point percentage on six three points attempts per game. And we have two of them now with Zach and Vukovic. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think people really understand um, the kind of game that Vucevic has. Um, if I'm not mistaken, like, I think Philadelphia got rid of Vucevic so that they could acquire uh, Andrew Bynum, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like, that was their main thought of, hey, we're going to go with Andrew B- Bynum. Vucevic had a pretty good first year. Um, But they jettisoned him out so that they could have Bynum. So, yeah, I think a lot of people overlook the stats that he has put up since he's been in this league. Um, In my opinion, like with Vucevic, you're getting like Jokic light. You know, a guy who can give you 20 and 10. uh, He's not going to give you nearly as many assists, but – he still is like averaging close to four assists per game. Doesn't really turn the ball over. Solid mid-range. Just a guy who can score from all three phases on the court. So, yeah, the Bulls have to be happy with this acquisition that they made, especially seeing how the point guard play is not necessarily the best um, as it stands right now. I know that Sato is doing a great job of just trying to piece this team together And, of course, you have Kobe who's still kind of learning on the fly. But when you look at a guy like Busevich, he doesn't need to have a quality point guard get him the ball in in his preferred spots. It's a guy who's going to be able to establish himself down low. Oh, and look there. You're not going to have. You're not going to be able to just say, "I'm." We're going to double team and even sometimes triple team Zach Levine because if you're doing that, you're leaving Vucevic wide open down under. The guy can step outside and knock down open shots. He can make plays for other players. So, yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic about what they're bringing in.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah, Nikola Jokic like, um, you know, he he's not bad with his post passing. He can make plays for the other guy, and that's gonna. Like make things easier for Sato or Kobe to run the offense, and the pick and roll, pick and pop with Zach is, is going to be unstoppable.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things like um, that I looked at how how um, is is building this team. You look at what is going on with um, Denver. Now I'm going to say right now that Jamal Murray is not on the level as Zach Levine right now. He just, he's not. Uh, and he's not one of your best point guards in the league, not one of the, the, the top point guards that I consider in the West. I don't think that he's there right now, but it's effective the way they run their offense through the pick and roll and just letting um, Jokic just make decisions out there. And you see a lot of their offense is predicated with ball movement, with guys being able to cut. Um, and just, just allowing those guys just to make the proper reads. I think with this signing with Busevich, you're going to have the game not only open up for those veterans, but it's also going to be like a lot better for P. Williams. Uh, yeah. As he continues to work on his game, he can just now focus on cuts. Uh, he can focus on his um, his mid-range game, maybe even posting guys up a little bit. He doesn't have to focus on trying to hit Three point shots as much. You know, it's just, it's going to make things a lot easier for those guys moving forward. So it's, it's just a smart overall decision by the front office to bring in a guy like that. I,
0: I, 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 I still, I still just can't believe it.
1: I, I was, you know,
0: I was sitting there. I seen the notification come through on my phone that says Nikola Vucic traded, And I'm like, okay, so the magic did treat them. Then I see to Chicago and I'm like, oh my goodness, we pulled it off.
1: We got the vooch. Yeah, when you told me I spit out my, my um, soda on a workmate, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Which didn't go over well because after I started doing it, I started dancing. And <laughs> You know, they're like, w- what, why are you dancing after you just spit on me? So, yeah, I had to, like, make that up to my coworker today. So, sorry about that. But, yeah, I mean, when is the last time the Bulls have had two all-stars on their team?
0: Uh, I believe it was 2016 Jimmy Butler and Powell Gasol.
1: Yes, That's, that's a long time. <laughs> it is. And before that, what were we looking at? So it's not like <laughs> all-stars are just, you know, looking around the corner trying to get on this Bulls team. I, I just I love the mentality. It's, it's not just about trying to make the playoffs now. It's about bringing in guys who know what they're doing. And as a result of this, it makes you look like you have a front office who knows what they're doing, which in turn is going to bring in free agents. Yes. And it, it, and
0: it's still another crazy aspect about this is Vooch and Zach Levine are both on team-friendly contracts. Yes.
1: And, and the Bulls, can can't they bring in another third star too? Um, I believe they will be able to um like let's say it means that they renounce you know Laurie marketing it's... that's enough money for them to bring in a third star yeah, um Felicio comes off the books finally
0: yes <laughs> he he's he's out of here, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because you know a lot of people are already questioning the fit right now with Laurie and Vooch being out there, and they're saying you know you should you should start Tad at the power forward next to him, but I don't think Laurie is going to be willing to come off the bench.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, well, first of all, I don't think that Laurie coming off the bench would really work very well with you know, cementing the bench and giving them like a better identity because Lori doesn't open up the game for other players. Like if we're we're just focusing on Lori trying to get a shot, not Lori trying to be a playmaker. And if you move Lori to that bench role, like, I don't, I don't know if that necessarily fits with um, what this team needs, because you're still going to need to have some type of connector that is helping to put plays together With this um, with that second unit. However, it puts Laurie on notice like, look, we are not in a situation where we have to hang on to you. I put you on notice like this is your time to actually try to shine. And if you don't, then, hey, we can move off of you. Because like if you're looking at that um, front court with Laurie and you're looking at it with Lucevic. If you're saying, okay, that's not going to be a great defensive pairing, that's fine. You can say that. But then it, it, if you are thinking about with Levine, with Lori and Vucevic all playing together, how are you, what what guys are you going to have that are going to be able to guard all of those guys? Like, Vucevic is a very good passer. He will be able to make plays with Laurie as far la- as, as long as Laurie like continues to be aggressive and actually moves on the court, like he's supposed to be. And Laurie, you've seen him be able to make plays before for uh, other guys, somewhat guys who can actually finish. Now, I'm, I mean to say that when the biggest hole that the Bulls team has had is having somebody in the middle who can actually consistently put up shots. If you have Laurie and you are playing a two man game with Lori and with Vucevic there's so many different options that you have to score on your team. I I just love the way this this signing it opens up the floor and makes everybody's job easier.
0: Definitely. And like you said this this soft-minded Bulls team that we had at the beginning of the season is no more. Yeah. You- you got Daniel Theus, who will be our backup center. Um, that's that's a tough, gritty guy. Uh yet Troy uh, Brown. I'm not sure you know, how many minutes he's going to get initially.
1: But didn't he play well but, in the bubble?
0: He did. He did. And Scott Brooks uh, just couldn't figure out how to use him with the Wizards, especially after they um, drafted Denny and... Um Ruha Chamor, He just kind of fell out the rotation. Um, you got Al Farouk Aminu, who was a great defender. Finally gives us some defense on the wing. <laughs> and it was so funny because when we first got did the trade for Boosubitch. You know, people are like, um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, our offense is going to be good, but I don't know about our defense. And then we got these defensive players, and everybody's like, oh, okay, everything's fine now. Yeah.
1: And plus, you have Temple who's going to be coming back soon. Right. So now you won't have these rotations as like, you, you won't be relying on Denzel Valentine for <laughs> minutes. Like, you you just, you you don't need that anymore. And like like Ryan we were Archibaldi. saying with Scott Brooks, um, you know, there there is no well, I drafted you here, so we gotta give these guys a chance who we drafted. No. It's are you playing good, are you helping this team? You're gonna play. If not, you're gonna be sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah. And that that's what has been needed. <laughs> Uh, it is still just crazy. We got rid of Chandler Hutchinson, who has not played since, what, February
1: because of personal reasons, was always hurt. Okay, let's we be honest. Of... When is the last time that Chandler Hutchinson has actually played? I have no clue. Can tell you that off the top of my head? No, like actually played like he belonged in the league is what I'm saying. Uh, oh. Like, can we count on two hands? is is that safe to say I
0: don't know if we can count on two hands, maybe okay He's he he'd had the flashes here and there, but i I don't know if that equals up to being on two hands. see
1: like the bulls are not like into like guessing if a guy can play. They're not in that game of trying to figure out well, you know we drafted you young, we're gonna give you it no. That's that's just not the way it needs to go. I I told you, and I'll continue to tell everybody, special pops early. It just, it does. There's something that stands out with a guy early. Now, is a player going to be like the refined version of what they fully can be after year three? No, but after year three, you get an understanding of what it is that you have on your hands as a player. You just do. Because you can come into the league at a young age, you can put up some some pretty solid numbers as a rookie. The second year, the league figures you out. The third year oh, yeah. is the year that you are actually, you know, uh, creating your own identity within the league, creating your own niche. I did not see that with any of the Bulls players that they got rid of. <laughs> It
0: it it just boggles my mind that somebody would take these
1: guys, yeah.
0: and pay us for it. They paid us for Luke Cornette. I don't get it. Otto Porter Jr. They they took him in Orlando, and I saw a report that said people were you know, it's some teams that were monitoring his situation in case of a buyout, but Otto Porter. Wants to remain with team, and I'm like, of course he does because he doesn't want to give any of that money. Back. Yeah,
1: you're looking at what 27 million.
0: Yeah, he's not trying to give any of that back for a buyout, and he'll he'll, he'll uh dwindle those 20 some games away and get his check, and then see if he can get another contract.
1: That's the funny thing, though. It's like who. Do you think that Otto at this point can really convince it? Well, I shouldn't even say that if somebody can convince him because we've already seen teams taking players from the Bulls. So I guess so. Yes, yeah, <laughs> somebody will be able to be convinced and say, hey, we can get this guy Otto some, uh, give him a contract. So I, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, you know, think it's too crazy. Like Tony Snell has been in the league for a long time now. <laughs> And has over $50 million. That's crazy. Isn't it?
0: I mean, Felicio is still here. <laughs> His contract is nowhere near the size of Otto Porter, but
1: he's still here. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if they had like incriminating evidence on the Orlando <laughs> Magic, if they caught them with some, like some, some photographs, some intimate photographs of somebody. I don't know, but um, yeah, this this has just blown <laughs> my mind. It just blows my mind. It really does.
0: Oh man. <laughs> And and we're going to see, you know, these guys in action tomorrow. They they said everybody that we've got is available tomorrow except for Theus because he has a a family issue he's dealing with, but he'll meet the team when they play Golden State. But against the Spurs, we've got everybody available except for
1: Theus. I'll take that. I'd like a second shot at the Spurs. Yeah. For what they did to it well I mean for really it, it's really impressive I mean when you think about it like we talked about like the players that the Bulls got rid of and how like I don't want to call those players trash let's just say they weren't they weren't meeting what we expected their capabilities to be but even with the players that they had on this team this inconsistent Bulls team they've got a respectable record like, it's not like they're, like, have won seven games this year. And with a lot of the, the top um, teams in the, in, in the West and in the East, they have competed. But it's just, it's refreshing to get out of that mode of, well, we competed. You know, we actually have guys who can consistently play hard, make shots, rebound, make smart decisions and it's just it feels like a load has been lifted off. I know it has to feel like that for Levine. I know it has. Yeah. And you no, know, this is a
0: signal that um and Mark want to build around Zach. Yes. And you know going back again to Garpacks when they had Jimmy Butler, they wouldn't commit to building around Jimmy. Then they made the trade, and you know Zach showed that he was the best player from that trade. They didn't commit to building around Zach. No, they didn't. But now there's a front office in place that understands all-stars just don't grow on trees, and they have decided to build around Zach Levine while he's still hasn't hit his prime. And you bring in another all-star for Wendell Carter Jr. Auto, <laughs> And it's like, how? <laughs> how is this possible? All these years, when we had those other guys picking number seven and picking these guys who were aren't even starting caliber players that we've come to find out. How in half of a season did they just turn this whole thing around?
1: I don't know. I don't know. And see, like, the thing is, like, I was reading some reports that said when they got here um, with Eversley and Carnesovas, they weren't necessarily sold On Zach Levine, which, you know, um, we see what he had the work that he's put in, but from afar, I could tell, you know, they might have been somewhat hesitant to do that because even with the work that he was putting in, Bulls weren't winning. Um, Now, a lot of that was contributed to the coaching staff, but, you know, it wasn't until they got there and they got to see him as a player, got to see the type of work ethic that he had. And, especially with him making the all-star team this year, they, their, their minds were changed. Like they, they really understood what it is that they had um, on their hands. So, you know, kudos to them for it. Like we have guys who are now open-minded and willing to change, guys who are willing to think, um, guys who are not afraid to change course, and it, you know, and it's refreshing to have that, especially when you're talking about dealing with organizations and how it, the organization, the mental, the mentality of the organization, you have to have that in play, and then it trickles down uh, to the coaching staff, to the players. They understand what the vision is of the team, the franchise. You see that with this Bulls team. You see, like the Bulls are taking on the organization of the organizational style of a lot of other organizations that have been success- successful before you look at what's going on with the, um, the Miami heat. Like how are the Miami heat able to take those no name players that they had on their roster and get Victor Oladipo. How, how are they able to consistently be able to add free agents like a uh, Jimmy Butler? Uh, how are they able to draft? Well, like having bam out of Bayou, they have, um, a mentality, a structure within their organization of how they're going to build teams. And they've been successful doing that. And I feel like this Bulls team finally has that. They finally have someone in charge who is smart and who leans on other people, who takes the um, advice of other people, is is trying to uh, get their input as well as far as building this thing over. He's shown what he could do in Denver, and we're seeing what he can do now for the Chicago Bulls. Right. And, and, you know, speaking of uh, Denver,
0: Vukovic's contract expires the same year that Jokic's contract expires. Hey, don't even do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't say that to me. Because... Hey, I, I, I'm just saying, and they're they're good friends. So you know, if Vukovic likes playing here in Chicago, maybe he gets in Jokic's ear, and you know he he played under Corner Show was in the front office before in Denver.
1: He might want to come to the Bulls and see. Those are the things that are now like. Options that could be on the forefront with this team. This team has been a laughingstock for years, um, and like it was, it was, it was Barkley who said like a couple of years ago, like they don't even have any real players on their team. He couldn't name any of the players on the team. Well, I think he's naming a couple right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach
0: Levine and Nikola Vukovic. Um. Um. Patrick Williams, of course, who wore Vukovic's number nine, he he decided to give that number up so Vukovic can wear that with the Bulls, and Pete Will will
1: switch to number 44. Hey, Rook's got to learn. You you got to earn <laughs> those numbers.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's just going to be so much fun with, you know, Stacy and Adam calling the plays now for this team, and you know, Stace is gonna give Vukovic a nickname.
1: Yeah, but I like, like, what? What kind of name? Like, that's one of the, like, Vucevic has one of those names where I'm like, I, I wouldn't call a grown man that like Vucie or. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think. Of anything. I,
0: I've I've seen Vucci, Vucci main. <laughs> I've seen that floating <laughs> around Bulls Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I, I've seen Vooch, and that's gonna kind of probably trip them up a little bit, since you know Jeff sponsored sponsors the nationwide. <laughs> 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 um, qu- quick side note f- for Stacy: uh, Stacy um, joined this Bulls group them in on Facebook, and like. Everybody in the group starts sending this man friend requests. Oh, really? Stay, yeah. Stacy's Facebook is set up for friends and family, so I know my people listening from Shy Bulls for Life listen to the podcast. Please stop sending him friend <laughs> requests. Just, just enjoy that he's in the group.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we, we want to have other people within our realm so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to stop. <laughs> it, it,
0: it, it's, it's just going to be fun. I, I, I really can't wait tomorrow. I mean, I know the last time we talked about we were on the pod, I said, I can't wait to Thursday, the trade deadline. Wednesday night's game came. And we lost to the Cavaliers, and I was just like at the lowest point I've been <laughs> watching the Bulls this season. Like, we gotta make a trade. This, this can't go on. I mean, we lost to the Cavaliers for goodness sake, with nobody on their team.
1: Yeah, like, and and then like to have uh, Wendell come out. Um, what was like the next day or like after the game? I don't know, and. He was like, uh, we, you know, we didn't take those guys seriously, and I'm like, why are you even talking, Wendell? You don't have a voice on this team. Um, but yeah, after that, because like I admitted to you, I, I know what I said on the podcast, but remember I admitted to you that I was like, I don't see the Bulls actually doing anything. Maybe <laughs> just letting this thing right out. <laughs> because we, you know, we we have. We we kind of like became fortunate with getting Zach Levine. Like Levine just kind of fell into our laps. I didn't know what was going to go on um, with this front office, and from my perspective, I just I didn't see anybody on this team who had any real value that anybody actually wanted. Um, so yeah, for them to to pull this off has been nothing short of amazing. Um, I'm actually. Now, like they haven't even played a game, and I'm proud. I'm more proud to tell people that I'm a Bulls fan. Um, (laughs) Like I can actually admit it to people um, instead of kind of hiding the fact right now.
0: I I, I never hit the fact (laughs) who wouldn't lose a draw, but oh, you just told on yourself because (laughs) (laughs) on air, on air, you said there was an eighty percent chance. I know somebody that would help nail. And we got somebody that can help nail.
1: Hey, I was trying to prop up the feelings of everybody else. You didn't
0: have to tell them about the off-air conversation. Hey I'm I'm, <laughs> hey,
1: I'm I'm trying to keep it real. I'm I'm trying to let everybody know, like, this is what real I'm really thinking. So I trust you all not to, you know, throw me under the bus. I trust you all to appreciate that I'm being real with you and letting you know what I was really saying. So I feel like we, we've stepped into that realm. Was I level jumping in our relationship? Should I have not done that? <laughs> I mean, you could have you just let
0: it ride? on was like, well, he he was right. He was a genius. It, it, was, a, it was definitely an 80% chance. Is what well, let's I just I say it like you. this.
1: I, 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 like really, I put it at a fifty-fifty chance. But I was trying to pop, prop up our, our, um, you know, our listeners, our, our ones that have been loyal to us. So, <laughs> oh, but hey, I told you guys, Nikola Vukovic. You did. You called it out. I don't know how much of you actually believe that the Bulls could pull off something like this. So don't try to hide from it either. <laughs> I believe that if he was
0: available, which I read the report that he was, that there was a chance. I didn't know that it would be Wendell Carter and Otto Porter that would be what took to get him. I was thinking, you know, we'd have to move Laurie, we'd maybe have to throw in Kobe and some picks. But it was Wendell not.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm still... I still believe that Kobe has a bright future for this Bulls team. And the fact that they didn't have to give him up was just, you know, pretty amazing. Especially when you look around the league, you know, there's a lot of teams that don't have guys who can score like that. Guys who can get hot like that. Guys who, you know, a guy who's learning in his first year, what it means to be a point guard and could and can, can still have enough time in his, his short career to actually become a real point guard for for any team that he's on. Yeah, I, I definitely agree.
0: But before we get out of here, they have, the Bulls Nation has kept the Lonzo Ball dream alive in that –
1: uh-huh. That we will get
0: him in the off season, and maybe a sign and trade involved in lottery marketing. I'm not opposed to Lonzo Ball being on this team now that we have the players that we have.
1: I don't mind him being on the team. He just can't average more than twenty million per year. <laughs> like he's not. I don't know why people are like, oh, all we need to do is just sign him in the off season he's going to be looking for that much i don't think that he is that type of player if you were to say you know 15 to 20 to 20 million maybe but even the 20 million for me is a bit steep for a guy who hasn't necessarily proven like if i'm looking at a point guard point guards the great point guards usually make their teams a whole lot better by being that connector. He didn't help make the the um Lakers better. And the the Pelicans are not that much better just by having him on the court. That's all I'm saying. All right. This this worked with Vukovic, so
0: I'ma see if this works again. I do not want Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I would prefer we get Malcolm bogged on or see if we can get Spencer Dinwiddie to come back.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought about Dinwiddie. Like, Dinwiddie would be awesome on this team, first of all. Um, but the the um, the knee problems that he's had, like, that just really scares me.
0: I'd still rather take either of those two over
1: both. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, and I feel the <laughs> same way. I I would not want to touch Lonzo Ball. Honestly, I mean I wouldn't mind him being on the team, but yeah, as far as him being the lead guard moving forward, like if that's who the Bulls are trying to turn their attention to in the offseason and make him a 20 million dollar per year player, uh yeah, I don't I don't think so.
0: I mean, eh hey, just going to have the Keep trusting AK. We we see what he did at the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens in the offseason if you know they how they decide to upgrade the point guard position.
1: Yeah, and remember our motto <laughs> Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I don't think we have to do a whole lot preparing for the worst. Should it be prepare for Lonzo? No. Hope for the best <laughs> prepare for <Lonzo>. us. <laughs> Oh, so if you put it like that, then yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> that does make sense. <laughs> Do you want to give any final thoughts? Uh, just looking forward to Saturday. That's all I can say. So mm-hmm. where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, he said what sports?
0: You can find me at Young Jordan, and the podcast is Bull Nothing in a... T-H-I-N. We have a whole new Bulls team to look forward to in action tomorrow against the Spurs. Like I said, uh, I don't think we'll be, you know, preparing for too much worse these last few games. Um, We're on the playoff push, Bulls Nation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. When is the last time we've said that? (laughs) Uh, I don't think we've ever said that on this podcast. <laughs> Touche.
0: <laughs> but yeah, until and, and next time, guys, uh, let's go, Bulls. Tennis Game over. The horn blows.